Hi, welcome back. My name is Marta, and my lovely partner in podcasting over here is Megan. Hello. Uh, today we're covering uh, psychology of social media. So we're going to be talking about different social media sites, as you may well know. Um, and by social media, I'm referring to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Google+. Now, I pulled up a list. Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Well, I pulled up a list and I was like, oh, list of social networking sites or social media sites. Was there and a it, lot more than you expected? Well, no. It listed them in this order. Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Google+, YouTube, Instagram. And I was like, the fuck is you Instagram so far down on that yeah, list? Yeah, really? Like, who puts Google+, before anything like they put google plus uh, sorry you guys are probably going to hear mic noises yeah uh, um, maybe maybe we should let them know first off we've we are having an adventure in recording today <laughs> yeah um as as some listeners may already know marta and i live kind of far away from each other and so organizing the ability to record a podcast together is sometimes troublesome and yeah. we're giving it a go today we are actually coming to you live from inside marta's car hey. and hopefully this works out really well because then we will get to cut the drive that either of us has to do in half inside marta's car but outside megan's apartment yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes. so like i came up here but we're, we're just, just we're, this is a out. test run and if it's successful then future yeah. podcasts will probably be recorded in parking lots across Ontario. Let us know. Um, also, just in this intro, I'm realizing I didn't say it before. I just wanted to thank my friend Georgia, who's been editing our episode. Yes, seriously. Thank you. Yeah. I just, I, we, we really couldn't have done it without you. No, so. absolutely not. <laughs> I should probably shout out to Taylor as Taylor well, as well for yes. the um, assistance and the music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My, my fiance Taylor is the composer of our lovely theme song yes like it took a team it takes a what is it It takes a village to raise a podcast yes thank you that's exactly (laughs) where my mind went thank you uh okay so yeah uh i have a gripe with that list that said yes go back to it what's all that about (laughs) um so those are all just social networking sites um where you go people go on to hold on i have a definition here uh websites and applications that enable users to create and share content or to participate in social networking so it's all about people sharing with people people connecting with people that sort of thing so being social uh also i came across two general types of usage for social media so there's social usage to socialize but also people go on there for informational purposes so people use turn to twitter a lot for their news uh, or people, Facebook, depending on yeah. what you follow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, fake news, all that stuff yes. is a thing that you have to worry about. But that's not what today is about, at least not my research, I don't think. Um, I'm not going to talk about fake news. No, I will get into news a little bit. But yeah, that's probably a separate topic. Yeah. Um, lots of studies about social media. This is anecdotal. I didn't actually do a calculation, but lots of studies that I came across use hashtags in their names, which is annoying to me. I'm like, this is academic research. <laughs> Why are there hashtags? Um, social media has good uses and bad ones. One thing I found in my study studies today was a lot of bad effects of social media. Yeah. And so I just wanted to preface this by saying that there are good uses to social media. Um, There's a study about folks with cerebral palsy and how social media helps them feel engaged and like part of a community because they use like assistive communicating devices like they have to speak through a computer or whatever Mm -hmm. not just cerebral palsy but anybody who uses like assisted devices social media really helps them feel like part of a group for that. So that's 
a positive effect that I just wanted to say at the or outset. someone who doesn't handle like face to face contact very well yeah. uh, is now all of a sudden able to engage with society in a in a meaningful way that that helps them. Yeah. Um, and also there's ethnicity specific findings, which I thought were really interesting. Mm. And that's something that I'm going to go into in my research. But jumping us off today, we've got Megan, you have some general info for us. Is I that right? do. I have some general info. So I wanted to mention first off that I found research on this subject is a bit tricky because not all social media users use each, uh, pardon me, not all social media users use, use each, each platform. platform. Yeah. And within that, not everyone uses each platform in the same way. And some people are active contributors. They post, they share, they comment, they like to participate in that way, while other people are more passive users. So they scroll, they consume, they observe. Yeah. Um, so so that's an important thing to keep in mind. Uh, and, and it's something that I think... <laughs> um, Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I just like put a blanket on top of my head because it's touching the windshield. And so it was cold. Yeah. We, uh, it's um, <laughs> not only are we recording from inside a car, outside an apartment, it's damn cold outside. <laughs> and we are, um, we've, we've made a bit of a fort out of Marta's car. And I'm pretty excited. Yeah. It's working out well. So far. I mean, yeah. we're like five minutes into the intro, but. What are you going to do? I think it's working out. Um. So uh, I also want to mention that in general, humans have a need to connect with each other. I found an article in Scientific American where a scientist named Matthew Lieberman discussed his studies in the neuroscience of human connections. And he said that the things that cause us to feel pain are things that are evolutionarily recognized as threats to our survival. And the existence of social pain is a sign that evolution has treated social connection like a necessity, not a luxury. Huh. We yeah, cool, eh? Very cool. We're social creatures. Um, I also found some uh, some research for uh, from fMRI research that shows that there are two distinct networks that support social and non-social thinking. Um, it also showed that as one network increases its activity in the brain, the other tends to quiet down. And whenever we finish doing some kind of non-social thinking, the network for social thinking comes back on almost instantly. It's like a reflex. Huh. Yeah. Um, so they found that that reflex prepares us to go through life focusing on the minds behind the actions that we see from others. Uh, like basically we've evolved to constantly get ready to see the world socially. Huh. Yeah. That's very cool. I thought that was pretty cool. Like MRI scans are able to show that like we are, are always social. ready to be social. Yeah. Yeah. Our brains are literally programmed to do it. And I feel like that makes sense. It's yeah. It's something that is like against my instinct, I guess. No, it's yeah. very much along with your instinct yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like More your brain does one. it yeah <laughs> so uh consumption so we're, we're gonna first talk about uh the consumption of social media and the psychological effects of that uh and i'm gonna begin by talking about comparison so a lot of research supports that one of the most common res responses to social media like facebook or or um, instagram or pinterest or anything like that is social comparison we use it to compare ourselves to others and that can be negative or positive for us depending on whether we're engaging in upward or downward comparison um, research shows that 
Facebook users most commonly engage in upward comparison, which has negative effects. So it's basically it's like looking up to people makes us feel down on ourselves or inadequate. Makes sense. Oh, and like yes yeah that that's how facebook makes me feel yeah same <laughs> even though i use it all day every day also, uh, but i'm a i'm kind of a cocky shit so i'm like oh there's no way their life could be that good like they're clearly only showing all the good parts yeah because but that's negative too that's like your that's your green monster coming out and being like fuck them because when i look through my own facebook like profile photos it literally looks like i'm always traveling which i'm not but yeah we gonna get there i'm yeah. Um, so, so yes, feelings of inadequacy, uh, this sort of upward comparison can lead to low self-esteem, depression. You believe that other users have better lives than you do. Um, it brings out envy and jealousy. Like we, we, um, it just, it just brings out that green monster in all of us. Um, but downward comparison can leave us feeling negative as well. So you don't really feel good. Like if you're looking at somebody's Facebook um, and you're thinking like yours is better than theirs or like your life is better than theirs or whatever it is, you don't really feel good seeing okay, that. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you, I, when no, you break right. it down, like bringing that, that, that thing out of you that says like, oh yeah, right. Like that doesn't mm-hmm. make you feel good either. Seeing that one of your current or old friends isn't doing as well as you are or being skeptical that they're doing as well as they seem to be like that doesn't feel good you feel bad for them um you may also feel bad for like kind of for associating with them if you're like looking at someone who's still a current friend and you're not you you are like embarrassed by their social present their their social media presentation that's true yeah Um, Like example, I have an old friend of mine who I worked with at a previous job. She's a wonderful person, very smart, uh, interesting, intelligent, um, really great girl. But I hate her online persona. It really drives me nuts to the point where I like I don't I'm still friends with her on Facebook, Mm -hmm. but I've like unfollowed her on my newsfeed so that she doesn't pop up because it's just like I'm so annoyed by you. I totally have the same kind of person. There's this girl who's like always baiting who always posts baiting statuses oh, like god. you know you hurt me oh you my god okay so i've just like... thought about three or four other people <laughs> that i follow that i've totally done that to and they're all wonderful people but i hate how they are mm-hmm. on social media mm-hmm, and it makes mm-hmm. me feel bad for them but it also kind of makes me feel bad for associating with them like yeah. it makes me wonder so i'm like oh i'm friends with that type of person yeah yeah like just just like i don't know the the girl i was using as my original example she just seemed like very um um, like, I don't want to say full of herself, but it just like the the way that she presented herself was a yeah. lot more like um, I'm the best than mm. she ever seemed in real life. Not that she ever seemed down on herself, but she just seemed genuine. And then on like social down media. To earth. Yeah. Um, she was clearly happy with herself, but she seemed like a normal maybe not normal but like yeah like not a dick, not somebody who's like a gloater. Yeah. But then on social media, she's like very I'm hot shit, which huh. like maybe you are, but I don't necessarily like when people behave that, that way. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. She felt she just seemed very full of herself. She was very accusatory towards other people um, and like aggressive in arguing 
her points or her beliefs. And it just left me wondering, like it left me with a bad taste in my mouth about her. And it left me wondering if we really shared the same values and opinions as our face-to-face interactions led me to believe that we shared. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I also want to mention there is on the same note, there's an episode of a great podcast, Stuff Your Mom Never Told You, about... Sminty. Sminty, yeah. Um, I think it's called... Uh, Pinterest perfect life or something like that I can't remember the name of the episode but it's about like the Pinterest of effect of trying to live that Pinterest perfect life um, and it really hit home for me personally and I feel this a lot with Pinterest and with Instagram especially but also while while creeping Facebook photos it's just like <laughs> and interestingly enough they're all very image based yeah. social media as opposed to like status based Text social based. media like Twitter yeah these comparisons they just leave us feeling social isolation and that's bad for us like we crave social connections so feelings of isolations really work against satisfying any of those needs it's interesting that social media causes social isolation yeah yeah um i'm sorry if you guys heard me shuffling around i just kind of completely changed leg position i didn't even notice fuck you're so much shorter than me I'm actually extremely comfortable, but like my feet are dangerously close to, well, they're getting closer to Megan as we speak, but I mean, they can't get any closer because I'm not, I can't extend. I wish I could sit in any car, (laughs) let alone a car as like spacious as yours and have my legs completely outstretched like that. Yeah. I'm amazed. That's, that's really something. Yeah. I'm sitting backwards for listeners. I'm sitting backwards in the passive. You actually have a really, this should be on our Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> this picture it. right here should absolutely be on our Instagram. Um, should we're going to take a quick break and we're going to take a picture of Marta because this is just too good to miss. And we're back. And we're <laughs> back. So sorry about that. It's a great picture, guys. Go on our Instagram. Like it. Love it. Who Social we media. Didn't, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So oh, shit. Social media. That's so, so I know. Um, so yeah so that's that's what I wanted to say on on comparison I also want to talk a little bit about using social media in a way that it allows you to filter your information so with social media it tracks what you like what you dislike and you can actually tell it like with things like Facebook you can tell it whether you do or do not want to see things like this in the future like echo chambers yeah Yeah. you decide who your friends are Um, you decide who you follow you can say when you want to see more or less of something in your newsfeed. You choose who you follow on Instagram. You choose who you follow on Twitter. Follow us. Who knew we didn't? Yeah, go Instagram. for it. We'd love it. We'll. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, on that note. <laughs> but because of all of this, it really allows us to filter the information that we receive via social media to really just reaffirm our own points of view. Um, I read an article in Psychology Today that gave a perfect example of this about the 2016 election, Trump supporters were not surprised of his win because they had been filtering their political information through a lens that assured them that he was going to win. And Hillary supporters were devastated, largely because online sources that they turned to practically assured her victory. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's what I wanted to say about the the consuming of social media and how that uh, affects us both negatively and positively in terms of our... Feelings. 
You want to have a go, Marta? Sure. Um, so consumption. I found two articles, as we had agreed on. I don't know why I said this. Okay. <laughs> um, so my first article that I found, or like research, I guess, uh, is titled Rage in Social Media Use, the Effect of Social Media Consumption on Perceived Racism, Stress, Appeal, uh, stress Appraisal, and Anger Expression Among Young African-American Adults. So this was actually submitted as a dissertation from Morgan Lindsay Maxwell for her doctorate. Wow. Uh, but it but what's interesting is it was submitted as a dissertation in philosophy, but her supervisors were psychology. Oh. And she used a lot of psychological measures, so I'm taking this as a psychology paper. I'm into it. Um, so her opening line was Social media is a so- sociopolitical hotbed for discussions of racism, police brutality, and individual reactions, which I think is totally true. Absolutely. Yeah. People feel really uh, free to express their personal opinions about really touchy topics. Um, and you get to pick and choose what you do or do not see. Yeah. So this this study was specifically about the effects of social media and what people put on social media and the effects of that on african-american users Mm. so it was studying the relationship of social media and general stress race related stress and anger expression so it specifically checked to see if it increased their perceptions of racism so if they felt like more people were more or less racist to them if they used facebook and twitter more um also if they felt like they had general race and general stress uh, if they used Facebook and Twitter more and if they had more expressions of anger so Hmm. verbal or physical or otherwise their methods they base them they base the stress on the stress questions because it was a questionnaire to oh I had this written somewhere I can't remember how many it was a relatively small sample size which I don't like to see oh oh no this was relatively large sorry 199 people so that's oh like, that's pretty big yeah um they were 18 to 29 year olds and they checked based on the transactional model of stress which is when demands exceed your resources so when pressure exceeds the capability to cope so like when people are saying more and more racist statements and you can't handle it anymore like you can't cope with those statements anymore mm-hmm. that's what like the idea is that that's what results in stress. So I think I mentioned that in our previous episode that I'll be talking about. Yeah. Stress. Um, and they also used, they also based their questionnaire on social identity theory. So social identity, your social identity, you take it from what group you're part of. So if you are part of a, if you're a white person as part of an all black group, you might have some confusing social identity, but you might be taking more cues from like all of your African-American friends then. Whatever. Anyway, that was a little tangent. But the findings were people who used Facebook interactively. Um, so they were posting and responding and talking to people, whatever. Their their use, like as their use increased, it significantly predict, predicted anticipatory bodily harm response. So wow. yeah, so they felt more afraid that there was going to be violence towards them. Um, and and it predicted anger expression, but it was not related to race-related stress. So they were afraid of violence towards them, but it didn't really have much to do with race-related stress. Huh. If they were active, interactive Facebook users, 
Uh, Facebook and Twitter users just general. This is not controlling for whether it's active or whatever. Uh, Anticipatory race-related stress, anticipatory body alarm response, and anger expression. So the more you use Facebook and Twitter, the more all of these negative things go up for African-American people between 18 to 29. Hmm. But neither one of them, neither Facebook nor Twitter, uh, predicted general stress, which is interesting and kind of goes against my next <laughs> my next article. But when they controlled for this other stuff, when they controlled for like race related stress, they said it didn't predict regular stress. Uh, and the more they perceive discrimination, the more anger they express. Pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. So when somebody's discriminating against them openly on social media, they're more angry. Next up is I found a study called Hashtag Sleepy Teens. <laughs> uh, social media use in adolescence is associated with poor sleep quality, anxiety, depression, and low self-esteem. Uh, this was written by Woods and Scott in 2016, so it's pretty recent, which I always love to find recent studies. This one is a larger sample size, so 467 Scottish adolescents. For me, the larger the sample size, the more generalizable the study. So, also, especially when you consider how many social media users there are, yeah. the larger the sample size, the yeah. better. Yeah, so I like to hear that. But again, it was with a really small um, ethnic group. It's just Scottish adolescents, mm. so that was interesting. And they found that poor sleep quality is strongly associated with nighttime-specific social media use. So they were measuring overall use of social media, all social media. They didn't discriminate against the type they were using or checking. They also checked for nighttime-specific use. So there's overall nighttime-specific. And then they tested for emotional investment, sleep quality, self-esteem, and levels of anxiety and depression. And the findings, again, as you expect, the more you use it, the more invested you are. So if you use it more, you're more emotionally invested. And then the more invested you are, the worse your sleep quality, the lower your self-esteem, and the higher your levels of anxiety and depression. When they control for self-esteem and anxiety and depression, so when they try to like statistically delete those effects of self-esteem, anxiety, and depression of on sleep quality, they found that even still nighttime use of social media predicts poor sleep. So mm. even if you're not anxious or depressed or anything because of social media, just using it at night gives you poor sleep. I have to ask though, do you think that's social media specifically? Because I or have devices. also read, yeah, I was going to say, I think I've read, um, I can't guess at how many, but I have definitely read multiple studies that say using um, screens some even say tv screens but like most specifically like phone screens or laptop screens yeah uh, like around the time that you're going to go to bed like you don't want to do that because it will disrupt your sleep yeah and I wish I could tell you that they controlled for that or that they didn't but I didn't have access to the full article so that's fair all I could find was when it was sourced or like when somebody else referred to it or and their abstract. It's um, interesting to consider, though. I wonder if it is social media or if it is the device or if it's both. Yeah. Well, it's I a mean, I, recent I study, don't so. disbelieve it, but I assume I assume they controlled for it. I would hope that they controlled for it. But this is interesting to discuss so that our readers or our listeners yeah. know that there's like these considerations whenever you hear a study always think about like confounding variables I think yeah absolutely especially if they're not like if the study is not uh, making obvious that they accounted for that yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, that's it for 
That's consumption. consumption. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about sharing then. Um, I'll go. I'll, I'll take the lead on this one if you don't mind for a bit, Marta. Sure. Um, so, sharing and posting. Um, so my first my first sort of finding for this is basically uh, ego and social validation. That's that's why we do it, and and it's what it gives us. We need a place to showcase our egos, and social networks provide that. Um, I read uh, an article that said something like. of our online conversations are self-disclosure compared to 30 to 40% of our offline conversations would be that. Yeah. I love Um, that finding. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm not personally convinced of the numbers because I read it on a blog. Uh, (laughs) They did have good references. So it wasn't like a a blog that I distrust or anything like that. Um, But But a blog no less. It was a blog. So, I mean, the the percentages, the exact percentages, eh, let's take it with a grain of salt. But I certainly agree with the sentiment of the statement. Um, And it does feel easier to interact with a computer. When you're posting online, you you have time to construct and refine the content before you share it. Um, So that's true of tweets, Facebook statuses, but it's also very obviously true of selfies and images in general. Hmm. Not only do we pick exactly, like like selfies specifically, um, not only do we pick exactly what picture we want to share, so how many selfies, how many shots with friends, which friends, how candid, um, how many are posed, that sort of thing. We can also edit the picture as much or as little as we want to make sure that others see exactly what we want to want them to see. Hmm. Um, humans also really do love to talk. We love to talk about ourselves. We do. Uh, and social media gives us the time to consider our self-presentation and our and position ourselves the way we want to be seen. Um, not only do we want to talk about ourselves, but we have um, time to construct exactly what we're going to say, how we'll present ourselves online and make sure that we're talking about our- ourselves exactly the way that we want to be talked about. Uh, I found a study of in the field of behavioral economics, and they analyzed the brain through neuroimaging. And results showed that participants had significantly more activation in regions of the brain known to be involved in negative emotional states like pain and distress for unfair offers from other humans being uh, from other humans compared to unfair offers from computers. Uh, Yeah. So the same study concluded that interaction with other humans require much more emotional involvement and thus more cognitive effort than interacting with a computer. So when we interact with another human being, we can't control the emotional involvement that we have invested with the interaction process. But a computer doesn't require cognitive or emotional involvement. So that makes our interaction with it much easier. Even even though we are technically interacting with other people through social media, it's all through the computer. So it becomes easier to not only like give ourselves the guise that we want to be seen through, like just the act of it is easier for our brains to handle. I'm also interested to see because getting negative information from a computer, you attribute it to a computer. Yeah. But what if in social media, that's slightly different, like you're attributing it to people. So it's from a computer, but you know, it's people. I don't do you, know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. Hmm. I'm not sure. Um, I suppose, like, again, it's through people, but it's not face-to-face. Like, face when to you Facebook. you can control your reaction. So, like, you can react however you need to or want to react. But in mm-hmm. terms of how you react 
in a way that the other users see it, again, you have time to construct your reaction. You have time to edit yourself. You have time to make sure you're saying or not saying exactly what you want. That's true. Yeah. Um, Now, I want to talk a little bit about uh, sharing and liking on social media uh, before you take over, Marta. Sure. Um, So in terms of sharing, this comes back to our own self-image. Many people say that they share on social media to show others who they are and what they care about. But many other people say that they share because it helps them stay connected to people and strengthen relationships. Um, I read about another concept called social currency. So when we share the right content, we gain social currency. We feel better about ourselves when when other people react positively to what we post on social media. Huh. Yeah. Um, now, in terms of liking someone's post, that provides a way of maintaining and adding value to a relationship. So it shows that we're there and kind of reinforces a sense of, of closeness, even though we're not anywhere near each other. <laughs> I have a question about social currency. Oh, go for so, it. So does that social currency, is that something that you hold within yourself or with like uh, you believe that others hold it within themselves? So like if I post something on Facebook and like 30 people like it, do I feel more valuable or do I think that they find me more valuable or is it about me at all? Um, I think both. Hmm. You feel more valuable. Like um, you you post something on Facebook, you post your your profile picture or you post, you know, whatever. And nobody likes it that sucks or like one or two people like it you're just like ooh, you feel sheepish but when you find that like 30 people 70 people all of your friends are liking it you feel you feel valued but it also means that you've like shared the right kind of thing you feel like you you have social currency but you also feel like other people have placed value in you okay yeah that's that's what I took from it Hmm. at least um But anyway, uh, back to liking on social media, it also provides us an opportunity for reciprocity. So we can like give back to people who've given to us like a like for a like or a follow for a follow. I Um, do that. I like people's stuff who like my stuff all the time. Yeah. Oh, of course you do. Because I'm like, oh, we have that kind of, it's not because I feel like I owe them something. It's because I feel like we have that type of relationship. Like I haven't spoken to you in a while, but you like all my pictures. So yeah, I'm okay to like yours too. Like you're not going to think I'm some weirdo. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally do that. Yeah, or yeah. it's just like we were very good friends for a time. And so even though we don't really see each other that often anymore, mm-hmm. like we like each other's things because we. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, and this is especially big on Instagram where receiving a tag or a direct message makes you feel compelled to send one back. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you receive a like on your profile, you'll probably feel a little pulled to reciprocate in some way, like liking something of that person's or following their Instagram feed or writing back to them even. Like when you someone writes happy birthday to you on Facebook, you don't not like the post that says yeah. happy birthday. And it's interesting that you said that Instagram is even stronger. Like if somebody DMs you, you're more likely to respond on Instagram. And that's totally true for me. I don't think there's an unresponded to message on Instagram, but I've definitely let Facebook messages go unresponded. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I don't really like Instagram that much. It makes me feel bad about myself. 
but um, mm. I never leave unresponded to Facebook messages. I don't like Facebook. Really? I'm an Instagram person. That's crazy. I always feel bad about myself when I watch. I think it's because I think I consider myself an artiste, even though I don't have an artistic bone in my body, which is why I say artiste and not artist. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and photos do give you that opportunity, right? Like if you feel like you're somebody who's not able to draw or paint or like mold things out of things. Look at me laughing. Look at me and my friend laughing. Look at all of us having a great time. That's my kind of thing. But like posting statuses is not my thing. Uh, I don't I don't really I'm a. Going back to the very beginning of my topics, I'm a con- I'm a observer oh, in same. social media. I am not a to. I don't participate. I don't engage. I don't comment. I don't really do any of that. Very rarely, I use it for um, direct messaging and for just like looking at things. Memes mostly. Mm. Yeah, memes, memes, <laughs> memes, as I like to call them. A funny. Sorry, I'm going to do a bit of a tangent. A very funny thing. Tangent. It made me laugh hard uh when I when I first moved here our landlord was like saying hi to us and like oh you know did you settle in okay and we moved up north out of the city and so Uh we thought we were gonna you know uh, be be away from the city folk and in with the hicks or something like that and and anyway we were talking to her and we were just laughing about something and she was like oh did you ever see that mem where blah 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 and I was like oh my god it's it's not mem And we're back again. <laughs> Sorry. I stopped us because I thought we weren't recording loud enough. So we just tested our levels kind of. Yeah. Just just real quick. We're back. We're back. Uh, so that's what I had for, for sharing okay, and that good. side of, of social media. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad we came back for that. Oh, yes. Me too. <laughs> um, mine, I know we said we were going to find two pieces of research each but I found three because I felt like mine weren't the greatest findings so that's fine I kind of felt that way about my research as well I wasn't in love with all of the research that I found on this topic I did find it all very interesting but I was just sort of like you know none of these are zingers yeah there's no, there's not a lot of brain imaging happening here I love good brain I love good brain imaging yeah (laughs) And that's what makes me feel like it's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like we found activity in this particular part. Look at this brain picture. Or like there was a TED Talk that showed me this, this, and that. And I feel very smart now. Was that in our last episode? Uh, yeah, actually. That TED Talk from the murder man, he was he was very um, good. Fallow or something? Jim Fallows, I think yeah. is his name. F-A-L-L. OWS. <laughs> okay, so my my one of three articles, A Tale of Two Sites, uh, Twitter versus Facebook and the Personality Predictors of uh, Social Media Usage. That's the name of the article, mm-hmm. A Tale of Two Sites. I like that a lot. Yeah, like A Tale of Two Sites. Clever. Uh, Hughes, Rowe, Beatty, and Lee, 2012. That's the authors and when it was published. Uh, first of all, the, I found this in a journal called The Journal of Computers and Human Behavior, which must be my new favorite journal Yeah. Now because I'm definitely going to be looking in there more. Um, And it relates to a previous episode that we had about personality theories. So if you guys uh, haven't listened to that... I believe that was episode two? Yeah. 
yeah, listen to that now because the next my I'm pretty sure all three of these articles talk about personality. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And they suggested that there's a link between personality and social networking site use. They had 300 people in their study and they found that personality is related, but it is uh, is related to what which site you use and how much. But it's not as influential as previously suggested. So there was research from before 2012 where they found that there's huge predictors of personality, your personality and how you use Facebook and Twitter, if at all. Uh, and this study's saying like, yeah, sure, it exists, but not as much as we thought. Hmm. Interesting. And I, yeah. And I think they just like controlled for more things better and had a larger sample size, 300 people. That's a pretty hefty, well, it's a moderately hefty study. Yeah. Um. It's the largest one we've quoted so far. <laughs> no, I think my other, my Scottish teens one was 400-something. Oh, shit, you're right. That's okay. Second largest. <laughs> <laughs> we are partially factual here. <laughs> um, my next study is self-presentation and belonging on Facebook, how personality influences social media use and motivations. So again, this is with like sharing and how you're using it, not necessarily the effects of social media on you. They studied 184 undergraduates. So this is a problem that I have with a lot of research is that it's usually conducted by universities. So it only studies university folk. So, oh. mm-hmm. so this is a very small subset of the population. Not everyone goes to university. Um, when you're studying these people, they're usually age 18 to 24. You've got such a narrow subset. And then when it's 18 to 24, you're only studying people who are in psychology classes that require them to take studies <laughs> as part of their credits. So like I've participated in tons of research as a participant. Megan, have you? No. Exactly. So... That's crazy. Yeah. And it's like by doing something, by doing a study in a university, you're already selecting for a certain type of person. So this is maybe it's an episode we'll do later, but there's a lot of like problems with research and generalizing your findings out to the general population because in often cases you're not studying the general population. Wow. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I went on a tangent. No, that's really, that's cool. <laughs> uh, they, they I want to know more about the <laughs> things that you were a participant in. I've never been There's a participant. so many things. Um, they assessed the big five trait theory of personality. So openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. Again, this is my favorite personality theory because all of the letters together spell ocean. <laughs> <laughs> so easy to remember. Um, and how these traits relate to belongingness actions and self-presentation actions. So how they result in your social media usage, regardless of the type of site that you're using. So they found, get ready for this, there's lots of facts coming at you really quickly. They found that high agreeableness and neuroticism were the best predictors of belongingness related behaviors and motivations. So uh, if you're part of lots of groups on Facebook and you're part of lots of like activities that make you feel like you belong to a group, that's because or that's you're more likely to be somebody high in agreeableness and neuroticism. Extroversion is associated with more frequent use of Facebook to communicate with others. So you're more likely to communicate with people rather than just be a scroller if Mm. you're extroverted. Low conscientiousness and high neuroticism is related to self-presentational behaviors and motivations. So less social, more like, look at me, look at this thing I did. Um, That's, what is it? Low conscientiousness. And high neuroticism. Yeah. Um, 
conscientious people in general like so if you're pretty high in conscientiousness they're more conscious in or cautious in their online self-presentation makes That's a lot me. of sense neuroticism agreeableness and extroversion were all positively associated with the tendency to express one's actual self so if you're high in neuroticism high in agreeableness and high in extroversion then you're more likely to express your actual self rather than lie hmm. about yourself. Uh, neuroticism was also positively associated with the expression of ideal and hidden self aspects. So if it's just neuroticism you're high in and low in agreeableness and extroversion, you're more likely to express your ideal or hidden self aspects. Like here's this like secret thing about me that I think you guys will like or whatever. Um, and the motivation to express these self-aspects mediated the relationship between neuroticism and self-disclosure. So depending on your motivation, like at the end of my look at the findings, they threw in motivation and self-disclosure into this analysis on personality. So I was kind of upset at this last finding, so we're not going to discuss it. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, there was a study called Personality Profiles of Users Sharing Animal-Related Content on Social, <laughs> social Media. Uh, and this was by Hagen, Carpenter, Ungar, and Priotiuk Pietro. I'm not trying to pronounce that again. It's a toughie. Uh, it's a study from this year, so I love that. Yes. <laughs> Very exciting. And it was an absolutely massive analysis of Facebook status updates um, and slightly smaller analysis of Twitter updates. But they had 72,559 Facebook status updates that they analyzed. That's it wasn't definitely the largest sample size that yeah. we have talked about today. So they didn't analyze them like by hand or anything. Like It wasn't one poor research assistant doing it. I've it was like an kind of algorithm. Stuff. Yeah, it was an algorithm. And they found that people who used the words my cat in their Facebook status were more open to experience. They were more introverted and more neurotic than the general public. So higher in openness, high, uh, higher in introversion, higher in neuroticism and lower in conscientiousness. So they don't really give a shit about what anyone thinks. Like cats. Yeah. And so those are those are cat people on Facebook. <laughs> people who use my dog in on Facebook only differed from the general population by having lower conscientiousness. So it's basically you're a normal person. You're the most like everybody else who uses Facebook. You just have lower conscientiousness, which in my eyes, I think in both of these cases, that could just be because whoever talks about my dog or my cat is all about is more about themselves yeah so they're less conscientious if they're just like talking about themselves they care less about what other people think oh interesting. in my in my personal opinion but i don't know if this is something they controlled for or whatever uh on twitter both the terms my cat and my dog was a user base who user base who is more neurotic, less conscientious, and less agreeable than the general public. So it was different people on Twitter talking about my cat, my dog, than it was on Facebook, apparently. Or this again could be something that it's just different people using Facebook and different people using Twitter, or the same people using it in different ways. Yeah, yeah, could be. I try to be so much funnier on Twitter. But I've only ever posted like three times. Interesting. But if I post on Twitter, I try to make it only something that's funny or something that's talk talking to a celebrity. <laughs> um, I've only ever used Twitter for um, like work purposes. And so I've been very like impersonal and business oriented. Huh. And I That don't... is the opposite of what I've done. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't really like to um, post all that much on Facebook. I'm very much myself in direct messages, and the rest of the time, I just sort of like, yeah, like people's shit and think, look at memes. I don't even think I. <laughs> I'm obsessed with my dog, as Megan. I feel knows. like if I had a dog or a cat. But my, I don't think I've ever posted my a status. usage would be different. I think I would post a lot of pictures of my animal. I don't think I've ever posted a status about my dog. Really? Yeah, maybe maybe once it was like Krupka shit in my you room. You send me shit about your dog all the time. All the time. But that's I also so just don't post statuses. Uh, that's fair. I don't either. Um, yeah, and that's everything that I had. Those are my three studies. My favorite one, I really like that I left, totally by accident, uh, that I left the animal one to the end. Yeah. Because everybody, when you think about social media, you think about cat videos. Um, probably the most frequent thing that I share on Facebook is um, dog memes to my brother-in-law. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wait. Because he's the only one who tolerates me spamming him <laughs> incessantly with memes. <laughs> he's like, please keep doing it. He's like, <laughs> he loves that. <laughs> Well, uh, one of our coworkers and Megan, I was like, oh, guys, like, I'm sorry. I keep sending dog pictures. Like, it's probably we annoying. love your dog. Yeah. Taylor knows all about your dog. <laughs> yeah. You told me that you were trying to show him a picture. I'm, yeah. I, he didn't end up coming upstairs, but I brought my phone down to him and I showed him <laughs> a picture of her hiding under her blanket. Um, yeah. That's everything that I had about social media. Cool. 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 Well, um, I guess we'll wrap it up then for now. Uh, so, so as we've learned, social networks, they, uh, they are an extension of one of our deepest psychological instincts, which is to be social. Um, they're also oh, an extension. Perfect. Tie back around. Come full circle. I love it. That was my plan. That's what <laughs> conclusions should do. I uh, <laughs> never have the foresight to do that. <laughs> Um, they are they are also an extension of our of our offline world. Like, uh, and I found this this is a, a quote from somewhere I can't remember where, but I, I really liked it. Um, it said that social media is a supplement to our real life, not a substitution of it. Which mm. I thought was cool because I think a lot of people use it as operate, a substitution. Uh, well, or at least like especially people who don't really use social media, they look at social media users as if they're substituting the interactions on Facebook for interactions that they should be having face to face. Where I like like we talked about at the very beginning of this episode, sometimes that's not really an option for you. Like face-to-face is more difficult for you or, you know, like there's there's other barriers that prevent you from having the kind of meaningful face-to-face interactions that a lot of everyday people, especially non-social media users, think you should be having. But also like Georgia, for example, our brilliant yeah yeah she lives in the uk and so if it wasn't for social media for all those years absolutely i wouldn't have been able to keep in touch with her now we both have iphones so it's amazing we can both talk freely over text without worrying about overcharges or anything uh that didn't mean to be an advertisement for iphones but but it was social media though yeah kept us together and absolutely i had a very good old friend who um she went and taught overseas in japan and in korea for a while and like we were on different continents for multiple years and she's still one of my oldest friends and dearest friends yeah Yeah. and it if it would not have happened if it weren't for social media Yeah. yeah so there's good and bad yeah there definitely is good and bad um 
I think what's neat is that there's really no time, there's no real time or space when it comes to social media. And we don't have the same stresses or dangers that we do with human interaction. Um, so I kind of look at social media as being like like the video game of our life, kind of. It's like GTA or Battlefield. You know, you can experience the excitement and frustration and pain and tension and the thrill of, you know, a heist or a chase or something like that. But you have no risk of being injured um, or or arrested or anything like that. Social media offers the same sort of thing mm-hmm. where you can you can have all of these interactions without, you know, um, being worried about what people think about, you know, how you look or how you react or anything like that. You get to control so much of so much more. Okay. Um, yeah. 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 Um, I think it's been argued that this actually makes the virtual experience better than the real thing. I don't know that I agree with that, but I have I have mm. seen those sorts of things mm. on the interwebs before. And I think in general, the same the same can be said of social media that you you can feel connected and satisfy your social needs without the challenges of in person interaction. It's just easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, some scholars propose that technology actually amplifies who the user already is and others suggest that access to social media actually can change the user and cultivate new features in someone's personality huh yeah i can see that yeah uh an article that i read quoted a a study from harvard university that showed that self-disclosure online actually fires up a different part of the brain that also lights up when taking an an addictive substance like cocaine they say that about love. Love feels like cocaine. Oh, does it? Yeah, like it use, it fires up the same area of the brain and that's why breakups are so hard because you're like addicted to love. I'm really going to try hard not to sing that song right now. Um, I'm just smiling thinking about it. Do you know the song? Might as well say that I'm addicted to love. Some, is face it say? It. Face it. Face it, yeah. yeah. Might as well face it, Marta. You're addicted sorry. to love. Okay, I'm sorry. Anyway, on the note <laughs> of addiction, why do we always go back for more? Um, social media can have positive effects. It provides, you know, social interaction and all that shit. Um, but it can also, it can also be really addicting. Uh, people can feel disconnected when they're not connected to social networks and have reported craving social media, feeling anxious and antsy without it. Uh, I found an article that claimed that Facebook addiction is searched more than cigarette addiction. Holy shit. Yeah. Now, again, it was it was anecdotal, but I have searched for how to stop being addicted to that woodblock game I downloaded on my phone. (laughs) (laughs) But that's not social media. Well, no, but. It is, and it is addiction. Yeah, Um, addiction criteria are things like neglect of personal life, mental preoccupation, escapism, mood modifying experiences, um, and concealing the addictive behavior. And how many of those things appear in how people People use use social media media. excessively? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we always think it's going to leave us feeling better than the last time and better than we do now just like addictions um like i go into instagram i like i use instagram i just don't like it i go into instagram Hmm. and then i feel bad about myself and the world don't feel bad after using instagram i don't share pictures i wonder if that's part of it i don't have anything to contribute i just look at these people's magazine lives and i'm like do you follow a lot of real people on instagram pardon do you follow a lot of real people or celebrities? I follow my friends. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. 
Hmm. And it just makes me like compare myself to them and be like, oh, I'm not at the ROM right now or I'm not like at that great sushi restaurant right now. Following Toronto people, though, is a unique peril. Douchebags. <laughs> <laughs> it also it does leave me feeling good about the fact that I moved out of Toronto, but it mm. makes me feel frustrated with um, with some of the things that I don't have. And it also makes me feel frustrated with some of the people that I used to used to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much my wrap up. I didn't really mean to start a new topic uh, in my conclusion, but I do. That's I did us. want to. I didn't want to go through an episode of talking about social media and psychology without talking about the addictive aspect to it, and it just didn't really well fit in face- the Facebook. Oh, Ooh, that was a better one. <laughs> yeah. Facebook. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, sorry, sorry guys for starting something new when I was trying to end something else um but yeah it just felt like we needed to at least mm-hmm. talk about it a little bit yeah yeah um yeah so that's about all i got i uh, in general marta do you feel good or bad about the psychological effects that that social media has I on you think, or on like the people in your life i think that social media does have a bad effect on people in my life Like, for example, I know my sister and I have had a conversation where a lot of her friends that she's grown up with are at a certain point in their lives and she's at a different point in her life. And she's like, where did they zig and I zagged? Like, why are we on such different paths? So I know that that affects her. Um, I know it's... Uh, it had a really bad effect on me with friends that I've fallen out with and I still saw them on Facebook because so many times I saw pictures of them hanging out together before I had realized that they were excluding me actively and the same thing happened to another friend of mine with this exact same same friend group it's funny that this came up because I was about to start saying like oh social media doesn't affect me at all but in that case when I saw these people hanging out without me like it made me feel like a turd yeah that Um, hurts I've been there Calvin my boyfriend he doesn't use like he doesn't have Facebook at all Taylor's like that yeah and well he used to have Facebook and we were like in a Facebook relationship whatever and then all of a sudden I have no boyfriend on Facebook and it's like you are in a relationship but it doesn't say with who and so it just looked like I was faking it that I was in a relationship so mine like, says that but only because yeah. I know Taylor Taylor is very particular about he has a Facebook but he doesn't really like social media and so Calvin doesn't have any social media oh. anymore so he deleted it all he he would have if I had asked him to like link me as a relationship he would have I know he would have but he mm-hmm. would have been annoyed by it and so I didn't even ask but my I have I'm in a relationship as my relationship status but it doesn't say who I'm in a relationship with oh my god my stomach keeps making or this time my throat something strange <laughs> is happening a transformation Marta's hungry me. we gotta wrap this up well, <laughs> lord knows um yeah that's weird I didn't think that it affected me negatively huh um and <laughs> Calvin it's funny because Calvin doesn't have any social media and I was like, oh, are you, I can't even remember, but I'm like, oh, there's a Christmas party happening on such and such day at such and such time. He's like, okay, why did you get invited? And I didn't. And I was like, because it was on Facebook. And so he like <laughs> feels kind of left out, but also it was kind of like a self-exclusion. It's interesting that people rely heavily on Facebook because all of these people that were part of the Facebook group were in the GTA and we all have iPhones so we can talk in a group or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, why didn't they like text me? And so it's interesting that he was feeling excluded because he wasn't on social media, but also it's a self-exclusion. But he's caused that exclusion. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I've definitely felt the, and, and the magazine lives thing, it's certainly with people who I used to have closer relationships with and yeah. now feel distanced from. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a few groups of people from previous versions of my life mm-hmm. where they stayed connected and I didn't. And it is sometimes uh. kind of hard to see pictures of them all together and again it's sort of like I did it to myself in a way and like I'm not I'm not unhappy that I'm not in those relationships anymore but it is still sort of hard sometimes to see that like yeah where did I zig and they zagged or whatever yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. um but I do find the positive effects of of social media to be things like I feel much closer with my two sisters well my sister and sister-in-law in that like they live far away from me but we message each other quite a lot and so I don't feel I feel much closer to them now oh, even great. though I moved further, further. away from them mm-hmm. um so that's really good or like my my friend I mentioned who um taught overseas I feel good that I was able to maintain like maintain a relationship with her exactly even though we very much went in different directions with our lives and like I I have a a friendship with her where I know that I can like not talk to her for quite some time and it won't really feel like time has passed yeah Mm -hmm, it'll feel mm -hmm. okay um and I also like the newsworthiness of it like I follow a a local news site um for up here and I'm always aware of the goings-on in the town and I really like that because I don't really know anybody up here yet and so it's cool to feel connected to this community you know have you heard of Cornwall the town oh yeah 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 they have like this satirical local news site it's kind of like onion-esque and it's just funny it's this one guy who's like me against the world and (laughs) he's like somebody gave him the one computer in the office and he gets to manage the social media I don't even know if it's like intentionally satirical he just it like is against so many normal things in the town I don't know anyway I just felt like mentioning Cornwall because it's a small town and that the the one I follow up here is is good it's called um Muskoka 411 because I live in the Muskoka area oh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and oh yeah I think it's you sort of like that. that yeah it's sort of like that as well where like they they give you updates on um like collisions or like uh Didn't you say there was something hilarious about like a bear or yeah something? i can't remember the one that i mentioned to you but the other day there was one that was on uh, a highway nearby and taylor had just been driving there earlier in the day and it was like uh co- like collision at this road and this road car versus bear or something <laughs> like that and it was like holy fuck car versus bear yeah you guys live in a place where that's possible yeah yeah bear. there was another one where i don't think we've had any moose yet but um yeah it's We're definitely, definitely reinforcing some canadian stereotypes here yeah that's a it's a real thing car versus bear car <laughs> versus moose i almost hit a deer i didn't know i really wasn't very close to it but a deer ran right out in front of my car oh my the God. other day <laughs> those are always brutal yeah it was a full buck too like it had antlers and everything oh it was beautiful it was majestic yeah before we continue down this road yeah sorry should we cut it yeah we probably should <laughs> we should turn the car on and warm up a little bit because it's another Canadian chilly. stereotype it's fucking cold out here <laughs> Uh, okay. okay. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah. On the note of social media, like, subscribe. share, subscribe, yeah. follow us on all the places. Um, you, If you've listened to other episodes, then you know that we have a, a, a what's those things called? Email. Thing? Email. Instagram? We have an email address and we have an Instagram. So I, I love me an Instagram. 
Yep. Who you do. Knew, where who knew we didn't at everywhere? Yeah. Who knew we didn't at Gmail? Who knew we didn't at Instagram? Instagram. That's it. That's all we have. Do you so have far. a Facebook? No, we don't have a Facebook yet. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, the other two or uh, SoundCloud. Yeah. Which yeah. is probably where you're listening to this. Anyway, see you guys later. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.